This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Age is just a number. That counts quickly upward to an ending point. Good morning, Desert Bluffs. Good morning to all of you. My name is Meg Bashwiner, and I am here today with you. And I'm Symphony Sanders, and I'm here with you tomorrow. And I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm here with you always. And just like the movie Deep Impact, I'm holding you! We are three cast members <laughs> of Welcome to Night Vale who are listening to Welcome to Night Vale one episode at a time, digestively, and discussing it, going a little behind the scenes talking about your theories, your comments. They get in here, too. And we're recording this on June the 1st, 2023. Happy June, everybody. Happy June. Happy Pride Month, everyone. And this is episode 136, The Mudstone Abyss, part two. And the episode description reads, The construction of the Mudstone Abyss doesn't go as planned. Plus, Charles reveals something that may change his relationship with Kevin. Let's talk about it. Oh, boy. First of all, they fucking. S-E-X. <laughs> you think so? You think they're fucking? They're doing it. And he was, he stayed over the night. He alluded to the fact, I don't think Kevin would lie about, I mean, no, he alluded to them doing sure. it. It, am I wrong, Meg? No, he totally alluded to them doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He chuckled. <laughs> but also... He was like, I'm not going to talk about it. He was like, he was coy. Yes, he was coy. Yeah. It's also desert bluffs. But you think they're fucking... But I don't think they're Puritan. And he had said, he's like, we talked about... They talked about religion. They talked about something else. And they talked about sex. Arboreal faith. Yeah. yeah and they talked about sex, which they both have had. So I don't think they're Puritans. They just smile and are kind of like twisted, but they, they be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Sex is not a, a prohibitive in their religion. Mm. It's like Scientology. Sure. No. Oh, are they supposed to do it? They don't have any restrictions, huh? As long as you're giving money, they don't care. As long as you're giving money and making movies, they don't care. And not telling anybody anything. Yeah. And as long as you as long as you're rejecting the SPs in your life, you're fine. You're covering up the murder of Shelly Miscavige. It's fine. Where is Shelly Miscavige? Where is she? Where is she? Sea org? Yeah, right. Every time they say Sea Org, I think C word. Back on topic. <laughs> Back on topic. So yeah, the so Kevin talks about this date. I love they the, the beginning. He talks about his date outfit. Mm-hmm. 
their his, yeah. and I love how it is just in the Welcome to Night Vale Desert Bluffs universe is that they all dress real silly and they yeah. wear fun stuff and Kevin's outfit. What is his first outfit? They talk about it. It's a um, fur coverall with a rainbow headband. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Charles is wearing a rose gold lame cravat with soccer shin guards. And they go, of course, to Vermilion, which is a restaurant that specializes in lip meat. <laughs> okay. Lip meat. I was just thinking about all the lips, like lip meats there are. Because they. Ha- I have heard of like think chicken lips but i'm like chickens don't got lips they got <laughs> but i guess behind the beak there's meat that's my vh1 series about chickens and what happened in their lives yeah behind, behind, the, meat? behind the beak yeah behind the beak behind there's <laughs> there's me if you want lip meat you've had a hot dog right lips and assholes <laughs> whose lips is cows it? cow and or, pig. or pigs depending cow lips, pig lips. depending on your yeah. kosher dog i okay well i mean i'm not opposed to meat in general and i also don't like wasting so <laughs> if you're gonna grind it up i guess i'm i love hot dogs i don't care sorry about it whole animal whole animal cookery use the whole animal i agree i, That's I right. had hot dogs and- two weeks in a row and i felt so ill the second time first time i was like oh i haven't had a hot dog in a long time that hit the spot and then the next one i was like i can only have one of these a year because i feel ill i feel like oh I thought it's you were bad news. It was bad news all day. Just like burps and oh. and just like oh, the hot dog was there. It's like candy corn. There's only it's like once a year is fine. I'm good. You should never eat candy corn. That's just plastic. They are more similar than we think. Then <laughs> maybe we should never eat hot dog. They're they're kind of plastic too. Well, not right? the casings. Definitely definitely have a snap to them. Mm-hmm. Personally, I like the Hebrew Nationals. Mm. Those are the ones that are served at Wrigley Field for the Cubs. Sponsored by... No, I'm just kidding. I wish they would sponsor us. <laughs> Our sponsor is the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Our sponsor is the Chicago the Chicago <laughs> Cubs. <laughs> but yeah, Hebrew Nationals are delicious. And I think those are like... Yeah, they're kosher. I think. Yeah, they're all beef. That's why they're kosher. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I don't know. If you get a mystery dog, maybe I would feel less... But like, if it's all the, I'm like, it's that's cl- pretty close to single animal to me. Yeah. It's not. But. I like a, a steamed ballpark hot dog, not like the brand, but like at a ballpark. Dodger Stadium has great sure. hot dogs. That's a that's like that's the time when it feels like it's okay. But this other place, I I I wish I hadn't. Where'd you get it at? On the side of the road? I'm not. I don't want to say because I like their other food. I won't. <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. Now it was a chili dog, but. <laughs> How, how? Oh, the chili was fine. There's a lot of things that could go wrong with that. Come on. Listen, I've, I'm on so many medications. I have trouble making my calorie count for the day. Like I have trouble making it. Like, oh, I've only eaten 700 calories, and I've been up since seven, and it's seven a.m. and it's now seven p.m. Like, like that territory, which is not. It's not dangerous according to my doctor, but still, like I feel like I should have something in there, so I'll get like. At some point, I'll have a more calorie-dense meal. This one, I got that and fries. I ate, like, seven of the fries. I was like, this was a mistake. We should have just split these. I can't eat anymore. You take the whole 
bag of them. Yeah, I'm going to pause it. Sometimes it, mm. I'm going to yeah. pause it that it might have been the chili that gave you the indigestion and not necessarily it, the hot I dog. know it sounds like that. It feels like that, but there was like cooked hot dog juice in there. The chili was good. The chili was a thick, it was a nice chili. It was a chili of the people. I, I'm sure it was, but whenever I think of like something creeping back up my esophagus, chilies. You, you, I mean, hot dogs too, like, though. You would think no spice. To, it was hot tomatoes, dog. beans. It's okay, like not to be uh, indelicate, but whatever you taste when the burp happens is the is the culprit. And it was it was like a cookout in there in my esophagus. Is that science though? Whatever you taste when the burp happens is the culprit. Pretty sure. Hey, if anybody out there is a, is a scientist specializing in the digestive arts. This is your opportunity to shine. Could you also let us know about whoever smelt it, dealt it? Is that true? <laughs> also denied it, supplied it. If oh, you my God. Yeah. <laughs> Those who rejected it, ejected it. Is that true? Oh, there's something wrong with both of you. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so Vermillion. Uh, Vermillion. Just sort of the turn it, the turn, the tourniquet of you, Desert Bluffs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they go out. They're having. They have a lovely time. And th- but then it turns not great the next time they go. Out. Well, he tell he wants to tell him something first, right? Is it at the time when they go out the second time? I can't remember. But either way, he finds out that Charles, sweet, beautiful Charles, who he really likes, has a kid, and then Kevin gets all weird. Yeah, it was the end. Yeah, the end of it. After a nice date, after a great date, they did so much on that date. I think it's sad. I mean, I guess if you're like, I'm, I'm, I don't, if you don't want to have, if you're not interested in kids or something, but like that makes me, it just makes me sad for all the parties. Yeah, because I think Kevin was like really shocked by it, and then yeah, felt like I don't know. I think he. We have another episode, but it's possible he was very turned off by it because that whole thing where he's like, "We just, I just watched a five-year-old play around, and I didn't, I couldn't like yeah. make out with my guy mm-hmm. or like to have an adult conversation." I'm like, "Well, he was like upset he couldn't be amorous," but I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I would, I just hope that for his own hap. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say. That, like, maybe he's being weird because, like, he just doesn't like kids or something, which is, like, I guess that's a way to be. But, like, also, this guy makes you happy and you have are having a great time. Like, why not give it a chance? And the kid didn't do anything to you. Well, he's, he's being kind of selfish, you know? but he also has a point. It's a lot to put on someone else. Like, you make this reveal that, like, now we're going to go home. and Absolutely. And, and on date two, you're going to spend the evening hanging out with my kid. Not that there's, I, there's not anything wrong with it, but I can understand. On the one hand, good for Charles for not keeping... You know, he's he's obviously cares enough. He's like, I don't want to keep this from you. I want to let you know and be up front. Right. But also now they can't boink or can they? Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. It just it just seems like he kind of just doesn't want to even he can't even have the conversation with him. That's the part that I think sucks. Maybe he's not ready. He doesn't he doesn't know what he Mm -hmm. wants to say. But like you can be thrown off for sure. Like you can feel however you want to feel. But, like, have the conversation. Because, like, the way that that voicemail sounded, he kind of just ghosted him. He just, like, didn't, hasn't called him or anything. I know there's been a lot going on in the town, but, like, dang. 
let's maybe come back to this. This is a hard, this is a hard topic, actually. It is. Because, you know, you don't want, you can't say, you know, we don't know what anybody's deal breakers are in a relationship, right? And when is the right time to tell someone that you have a kid, right? Because you're not trying, you may not want to bring that person, anybody into a kid's life if they're just like a random date. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Guys, I have a kid. Because that's not fair to the Thank you for telling us. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that kid. I I have a kid. I thought I should tell you now. So was Joseph weird after you had the kid or no? I was like... You're still good. Did you tell him? I was like, ooh, we have a kid. I haven't yet, but (laughs) I think he found out because he's been acting like I have a kid. Yeah. And he has that secret TikTok account (laughs) where he makes TikToks. (laughs) I I really wanted to change the name of that account to Let's Find Out. That should be the name of it. It should be at Let's Find Out. I'll text him. I, you don't have to tell him. I'll do it. Okay. Because it's so it's so good. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find and out. It's always it's funny that, that TikTok account. This is a TikTok account that uh, Joseph and my daughter share, where they make TikToks together. But it's them just doing like one of the what are they called? Like the memes or the filters? Like, like it's a filter. It's the yeah, like yeah, filters. What cheese yeah. are you or whatever? Yeah. But he always yeah. he always does it with her. Like they'll be hanging out for a really long time. They'll like run out of stuff to do, or she'll be like kind of cranky, and so they'll be like, "Okay, hey, let's make a TikTok." So it's the, the TikTok is always made under duress from one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you can like kind of, I was just always like a little bit well, like, maybe... disheveled and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> like... Maybe that'll be my game from now on. Figuring out which one of them is under duress. Yeah, yeah. which one of them is is disheveled and exhausted they both played off really well because they seem to have the same level yeah. of well iris really likes yeah. doing it yeah i yeah and it's very funny but yeah i, I love that account as well yeah it's you never get back to this it's mm. relationships are difficult especially like starting a relationship i just as a, yeah. a person who just watched all eight episodes of jewish matchmaking it's <laughs> to get to get a relationship started and to find someone is it's not easy. It's it's challenging. It's those the getting the relationship off the ground is that is the hardest part, I think. Yeah. The finding the right person, the making it work, and that th- that is way more challenging than just the day to day with someone. Yeah. So finding out these little things of like, oh, you have a kid. Oh, maybe you're not cool with that. Or oh, maybe you just didn't expect it and you need to sort of reshape what you think. And also, and yeah, what does that mean? You don't, you can't process what it means until, you know, you might go, sure, let's go back and let's go back and hang out. And then you have your idea of what it is. And then you, you're hit with the reality of what it is. And then, then you ghost the other person, which isn't cool. I think you can have a conversation about it. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot going on right now. They all have lost their ability to communicate while they're trying to yeah. dig a mudstone situation. Well, let's go back to the mudstone abyss because it's been it's been slow going, they said, right? The build. But that's because like people aren't showing up because they have like jobs and school and whatnot. So then Kevin got obviously got involved and they basically set up work camps. <laughs> So that everybody can go there. And then people started arguing, right? And learn. Yeah, and but in weird made... language that nobody could recognize. Yeah. What I'm going to call it is aphasia, because mm. that's 
kind of, I mean, that is what similar, you know, the word salad yeah. thing when you're like, oh, okay, there's words everywhere. But that would be very frustrating to be trying to get your point across and you know what's coming out of your mouth is not the thing that you wanted to say. I imagine that would be very, like, difficult because I think they they seem to know that what they're saying is not the right thing, right? Yeah, they are aware of it, but they're trying. Like, it sort of, yeah, it it devolves in Kevin as it's, he's, then he just kind of throws it to the weather, but he can't really throw it to the weather. So, yeah, he throws it to the crabgrass, to the petroleum, which I think the writing is really fun. Of this, yeah, this language is the the word choice that Jeffrey chose when creating this language and these these words like sparrow modem, just rhubarb, a long rhubarb, lots, and then yeah, some cool stuff, some cool stuff in there. We got the director's notes for for this episode yes. from Jeffrey Craner, where he talks about the writing and performance of this episode because guest star Jeffrey Craner, big old guest part for Jeffrey as Charles, because we've discussed this before in the Carlos's first appearance in Night Vale, he was voiced by Jeffrey. And then when we realized that Carlos was going to have a bigger role in the show, we cast Dylan in it because we needed an actor to play the role. Not that Jeffrey's not an actor, but if we were going to give lots of weight to a character, we wanted someone who is very comfortable acting like Dylan doing it. And Jeffrey, as he discussed in these director's notes, that he's not the most comfortable actor. However, he nails it. He does a great job. You can feel the urgency in his voice. He has the, the stakes are there. He performs it loudly and clearly, which I think loudly and clearly is 90% of acting, if I'm honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah, the intention of what he wanted to say came through. And, you know, in his little little director's notes, why do I always do that? In his director's notes. His little, you know, his little hobby director's notes. (laughs) In his director's notes, he does say that he's not an actor, but then goes on to describe exactly what acting is. <laughs> like, I think I think that, yes, while there are some schools of acting where you fully embody the character all the time, this sort of method, sort of acting, I would say a lot of us successfully can do acting without completely turning into another person. <laughs> do um, acting. I don't need to pretend that I'm the Joker all the time to play the Joker. You know what I mean? I don't need to send my co-stars, you know, poop or condoms. You don't need to be Jared Leto. Jared Leto or wasn't didn't Joaquin Phoenix go like too deep into it? Heath Ledger did all his work in a hotel beforehand. Right. And he and did, he did a, a great job. job. And was probably very pleasant to work with. Rest in peace, Heath Baby. Yeah. But I I did like that Jeffrey did mention, he was like, but I do know what it's like to have these same sort of feelings and to not know, you know, to have these insecurities about dating and all this stuff. And that's what I think it is. You know, you can understand and empathize and put yourself in that position without necessarily fully embodying, becoming a person. And yes, I do think there is some magic, you know, sprinkled in there somewhere, right? But I think he did a real good job. Go, Jeffrey. As the, as the, yeah, the alternate Carlos first voicemail tradition 
that is the Welcome to Night Vale Desert Bluffs foiled universe. Which is also a fun, like, little bookend to that he also played the first, did the first Carlos bits. So that's that's great, since we're doing all these parallels with Night Vale and Desert Bluffs. There's a little inside joke that's in this episode that I'm now going to put on the outside. Oh. So there's a character in this episode, just like a, I'm trying to find it in the script, character named Jerry Kramer. <laughs> yep. This is a. Uh, oh, I, I know what this is from. During the construction, the, the, this is the in the episode. This is how Jerry Kramer is mentioned. But even Jerry Kramer and his daughter Morgan, who communicate mostly through sign language, found that they could no longer comprehend any of the phrases. So yeah, Jerry Kramer. <laughs> this was many years ago, like where for, we first started touring. We were me, Joseph, Jeffrey, and Cecil were at the airport to fly to a show. I'm trying to remember what show it was. I think it was like our one of our Canadian dates. And we were waiting to get on the airplane. And uh, Cecil and I got paged by the flight attendants, checked by the, the gate to, to check our passports. And they said, Cecil Baldwin, Meg Bashwiner, and Jerry Kramer. And we were like, I wonder if that's Jeffrey Craner. It's probably Jeffrey, right? Because like, we're all a group traveling together and they just called all of us together. But Jeffrey's like, I'm not going. They didn't call my name. And we're like, okay, I think it's you though. I think they just like fucked up and said Jerry Kramer. And so Cecil and I go up there and they check our passports. And then right after, <laughs> right after we're done from like behind Cecil, a man pops up and says to the gate agent, I'm Jerry Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> so Did you on that flight to Ottawa, there was both a Jeffrey Kramer and a Jerry Kramer. Did Jerry, does Jerry look at all like Jeffrey? No, not like, I mean, they were both white men, but I think Jerry Craner so, yes. had a couple of years on Jeffrey Craner. Sure. It was the shadow. Here's the shadow of your future. I'm yeah. Jerry Kramer. <laughs> One day you will be me. Unless you change your ways. But yeah, Jeffrey was like, I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going until they say my name right. And it turns out they weren't even... <laughs> You would have gotten up there and they would have been like, no, we didn't call you. Oh, that could have been a meet cute. I thought they mispronounced my name. No, it's me. Hold on. Let me help you pick up your valise. You dropped it. And that's how you get caught smuggling drugs into Canada. Have you ever seen Australia's? Have I talked about uh, uh, Border Patrol? Uh, No, uh, like it's like called Customs, Australia's first line of defense. It's on Netflix. It's a series about, about Customs and Border patrol like customs at the airport because they'll have people come in from like china with a suitcase full of cigarettes like cigarette cartons because you buy them over there cheaply then you can sell them here for a profit somebody brought a cooler with like a like a like fish in it but it had rotted live it's like a taped up cooler and they're always like you know you can't have this here this is illegal and like whatever it is, like you know, you got uh, three children in a trench coat pretending to be an adult, and it's always like a two two hundred dollar fine, no matter what it is. It's and every episode is just amazing what people. Sometimes they try to like just very quickly walk away. Sometimes they try to throw like a whole suitcase into the trash can. It's it's really special. But you still have to pay two hundred dollars. The fine is the same no matter what. Do they still let them in the country? Yeah. All right, come on in. Oh. No more trouble out of you, I hope. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to get some fish in here. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this show. I. <laughs> that sounds... I, I watched the Australian tow truck driver show. Oh, so good. Oh, the Australian version of Lizard Lick. Is that what it is? It's a, is it called Truckies? No, it's not called Truckies. It's called Toeys. Toeys. 
So good. Always. <laughs> That's like those, is it one of the ones, and people like fight them and try, or try and like yell at them to get their no. cars down? No, it's not. It's about like to people who tow to like get people out of stuck stuff. So they like, you know, a tractor oh. truck trailer gets stuck in the mud or a car gets stuck in the mud or someone gets stuck on, on the sand and they tow them out. Oh, Okay, that's better than what I was thinking it was. Because have you seen those shows that are just like, basically like, if somebody parked weird and they come, they're towing oh, yeah, them away. Oh, yeah, there's one about the PPA, the Philadelphia Parking Authority. That was the main, that was like the first one. Yeah. Yeah, people are so mean and crazy on well, that show. think about what city they're in. And they come, if you want to st- study yeah, oh, the Philadelphia right. accent, there are two things you can do. One is... You can go to radio.com and listen to WIP Sports Radio and listen to people call in. That's true of any city. If you wanna if you wanna get a bead on what people sound like, listen to the sports talk radio, because that's when that's like everybody will call in and you'll get all the accents. But also that show is a really good way to get it. I can't parking parking wars, isn't that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's somebody like, yeah, somebody put a boot on my car over in Conshohocken. We do, and I paid all my tickets. The like no, you no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you said twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred dollars. Who's that kind of money? Well, we're going to impound your car. We're going to take it away. We'll take the boot off and we'll take the car too. No idea. How's that supposed to get to work? It's not my problem. I could listen to you talk like that all. <laughs> I'm throwing at the mouth like a bottle of Yingling. <laughs> you know all the stuff that people from Philadelphia say. Yeah, I love Yingling. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with this cheesesteak. <laughs> I drank a lot of Yingling, and I don't think it is as, it is good enough for me to have drank the amount of it that I have in my lifetime. Probably. No. Yeah. But it's, it'll yeah. do. If you're at the Phillies game. Have a Yinger. If you're just sitting around. Down the shore. <laughs> yeah, if you're down Watch the shore. Watch all the Phillies games on TV. I gotta find that clip of Lee, the Lee's Hoagie House commercial from the 80s. Is that's another horrendous... Like, they shot it with a home video camera, and it's him, like... Like, I do this, I go down, a Jer- I spend summers on the Jersey Shore, and I watch all the Phillies games on TV. When I really want to get excited, I go to Lee's Hoagie House in Horsham, PA. And then he messes up, and they, he's, he's like, for good food, good, great atmosphere, like, he just messes <laughs> it up. But they were like, yo, we got it, we, we're out of tape, send it over. I wonder if that was like the last take. Like they had already done like thirty six <laughs> takes, and they were like, "This is the end. This is the, the best one. We're out of time." Joey, send it in. Uh, I love it. Please, Hoagie House. It's like one of the algorithm things. You know how like like people will post on Instagram with something like clearly wrong, so that a bunch of people will comment correcting it, and then it'll drive the algorithm to post the image even more. So it's like that, but it's a commercial for Hoagies in the nineteen nineties. Yep. yep. So yeah. So this episode. What an episode. What an episode. <laughs> that mudstone uh. abyss is a real problem. <laughs> There's shadows yeah. around it, and everyone's talking funny. So everyone's talking funny. Charles calls in. We think we have like a sort of a way. He's like, I think I know what's going on. I think you're unearthing some shit, and it's making people talk funny. It's unearthing shit, making people talk funny, and then Charles gets cut off, and that's how we end this episode. Yeah. Just out there. Handlebar cereal. Waiting to find out. Handlebar cereal. Oh, because there's that spooky shadow thing outside his door. Yeah. So Yeah. So well, the next, next episode, we're going to find out. But until then. Mm-hmm.
We're going to fuck around. We're going to fuck around and find out. Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories, comments, and questions. But first, a conversation about this episode's weather, which was She Left Without a Goodbye by Sarah. And it's an instrumental. Instrumental. Mm. Which is cool because yeah. an episode, an episode that is, you know, without words, where words get funky to go, to go all instrumental is fun. I enjoy it. I actually really always enjoy an instrumental. I actually prefer a lot of instrumental music when I'm doing work mm. because it helps my brain to not get caught up in like singing along sometimes. And I can kind of just like not noise, but you know what I mean? Like helps my brain to focus on other things. But I enjoyed this very much. This is a lovely song. And I was sitting out on the back porch listening to this. And, the you know, it was the summer. It's like getting into summer and it's a beautiful night. And I was like, this is nice to listen to. It, it almost felt like hold music. Mm. It was. It's not mm-hmm. hold music. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like if there was a technical difficulty type thing. So I liked that that fit in with the vibe of the story. Yeah, I found this song really pleasant to listen to. I found it refreshing just because it comes, we come from a very tense episode where there's like these big feelings and there's people are talking weird and Charles is in danger. And then we just go to like, we sort of are, can drift into this piano, piano beat. Yes. And it's really lovely. And I liked it. It was, it was unexpected by me. Yeah. Reminded me a little bit of a disparition. Hmm. A little disparition there. Yeah. Yes. It did have that feel to it. Which is interesting because a little this, these episodes, the Desert Bluffs episodes are all Joseph's music. Mm-hmm. So I, you, you, right. the heart still wants disparish or something disparish when you're listening to a Night Vale episode. So it was nice to get that get that in there. Have have the feeling of disparish. It was disparish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of feelings, do you know what I'm feeling right now? What do you feel? Craving. You want a chili dog? A chili dog craving. No, the hot dog is bad. The chili I would have again. I'm feeling a craving for piping hot, let it cool, fan zone, calzone. Should we dig in? Fan zone, calzone. Yum, yum. Stay right there. Good morning, Nightville will return after a brief break. All right, we have a voicemail. This is a, an echo of a voice from the past. This voicemail is from 2018. Here it is. <laughs> hey, just calling in. Um, I'm super ready for y'all to go on the first episode about Kevin because Kevin is my favorite actor. So I love all of you. Y'all make my night go by so fast because I work overnight. Anywho, anyway, my ex got me into this show, so it's still kind of one of those it wears on your heart but I have to think like I think about her but I think about Charles and I love it so much and yeah point across I love you guys keep it up whenever y'all do another Kevin episode let me know because I really need to get on that because I want to do a Kevin episode and I love that the Kevin actor is like this big black fall guy it's amazing and yeah love you guys keep up the good work all right. Uh, first of all, we love you as well. Thank you for listening. Agreed. Kevin is the best. He is a world-class actor that is a very good favorite actor to have. And all the kind words. This is where I got confused. Number one, I hope you're still listening. If you are, will you write in and tell us? Because you did make, you wanted, 
You wanted to appear on a, on a Kevin episode, which you have. But I, when I heard it, I, I first I was like, "Do you want to be a guest? Is that what you like? Were you asking to be a guest? Because that that probably is not possible. But this is like the version of you being a guest, and uh, this is great. I I, <laughs> I love this message. It was really fun. It was really pleasant to listen to, and I really appreciate it. And thank you for being patient for five years. See, if you wait around five years, your voicemail will appear on a podcast. That's the lesson here. Also, what's your name and and de- stuff? what's your deal? And like, how do we, how would we how are we how would we supposed to get in contact? Oh, with are you, you a digestive health scientist? And can you speak to to the hot dog issue and the burping? That would be really helpful. Thank you. I think it's sweet that your ex got you into this show. Yeah. I know it was five years ago, but maybe you guys got back together. Yeah. Or maybe maybe you took what you needed from the relationship, like a love of the show, and moved forward. That's right. Yes. I think if what you got out of a relationship is us, <laughs> you won, baby. Mm-hmm. You won. We're here. We're in your cal- We're in your corner. We're in everybody's corner, but we're also in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Up next in the Cal Zone, we have Jerry. Jerry writes... Hi, Meg Hallen Symphony. I discovered Welcome to Night Vale a couple months ago and have been listening to four or five episodes a night before bed. I'm on the Mudstone Abyss arc right now, episodes 135 to 137, and I don't know what's more uncomfortable. Kevin Saccharin, there is no war in bossing, say, smiling voice, or the sponsored message about the apocalypse being just you in your room alone with the flu literally a year and a half before covid yeah that's that's legit it's moments like these that both creep me out and draw me in further into the show as for the weird tower of babel shenanigans that happened with the mudstone abyss i appreciate that the petroler petroler what does that mean so when kevin goes to the weather he doesn't say go to the weather he says what does he say oh he says crab gas to the petroleum so oh, right. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Okay, okay. Appreciate the patroller weather. I got it. For the episode was just a piano with no lyrics, probably because the pianist forgot how to spike waff buffets themselves. Um, say words? Not starling cell phones? Silly. Wab buffet? Wab buffet? Wab buffet? I don't know my Pokemans, mm-hmm. but... It's a Pokemon. Also, if you're able to tour Canada more extensively, I can promise you, you will have at least two or three confirmed audience members for an Ottawa show. But that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> no one else in Command Ottawa will come. Thank you so much for this journey you've brought us on. Jerry, he, him. P.S. I just realized the mayors of both towns are birds. Cardinal and Mallard. What does it mean? And that's where it ends. First of all, you're goofy as hell jerry and i dig that (laughs) and that was very hard for me to read because it's late at night and my eyes are like what is happening and then i was like oh he's doing it in the style of the show good job bud and yes both of those mayor mayors are birds and that's why i don't fuck with them jk Thanks for writing in, bud. Thanks, Jerry. The The line that uh, is the apocalypse being just you alone, in your room alone with the flu. 
is actually something that Jeffrey wrote for a neo-futurist play. It's a monologue that this is line is lifted from just because it's a really good piece of writing that I think he was like, let's reuse this. So he reuses it in uh, in the, the, yeah, the Bed, Bath and Beyond ad. <laughs> and it's from a really beautiful monologue that Jeffrey wrote, which if I can dig it up, I will try to dig it up and put it on the Patreon. I might have to email Jerry Kramer or Jeffrey Craner and find out if I can get that monologue. Okay. We have uh, Akalia. Akalia writes, Hi, first off, I want to say I love the show and really enjoy listening to it while I do puzzles. Now that I got that out of the way, I want to say that this episode meant a lot to me. And this is the Mudstone uh, 136. I have apraxia of speech, and I can have a lot of problems trying to say what I want to. And in this episode, when people started to lose the ability to language, I really related to it, especially when Keith was trying to say accident. I think it's supposed to be Kevin. When Kevin was trying to say accident, I felt that sprightly. This is one of the few times in media where I can relate to something that I have that I don't see every day. And I just want to say thank you for that. Yours, Akalia. Wow. Thanks, Akalia. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. I was th- I was thinking about that because earlier we had talked about the the language stuff, but that's apraxia. That must be very challenging. Mm. Yeah, that's got to be really tough. But I appreciate that you listen to us while you do puzzles and that you could felt feel a little bit seen even in this sort of wild world that is Desert Bluffs. Yes. There's a connection for you, a real human. So mm-hmm. I'm happy that we could be there for you while you do your puzzles. I hope that you solve them all. I hope that everyone solves all their puzzles, especially the listeners to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for listening to us. The next episode we're going to be doing is episode 137, The Mudstone Abyss Part 3. We're coming to the end of this trilogy, and we have a very special guest for that episode. But until then, good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Meg Bashwinner, and Hal Lublin. It is edited by Felicia Dominguez and mixed by Vincent Cachion. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or to Sparrow Modem. The show is powered by our patrons like Sean Havery, Steph Potter, Teresa Jacobs, Thora Cottrell, and Vivica Carriage. If you're interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive, insider, hyper-cool kid content, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more info on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Joella Knapp, Jeffrey Craner, and Joseph Fink. Calzone ingredient of the week is a beautiful rainbow of meats and cheeses. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Craner, and I wanted to tell you about one of my other podcasts, Random Number Generator Horror Podcast Number 9. So the thing is, my friend Cecil Baldwin, the voice of Night Vale, loves horror movies, and he's helping make the genre more approachable for me, and hopefully for you too, one film at a time, in a random order. Are you squeamish about horror movies? Look, I get it, and no worries. Just listen in, and we'll tell you everything that happens. But do you love horror movies? Well, that's great too. Watch along with us each week. We've got nearly 200 episodes covering everything from The Shining to Leprechaun 4 in Space. I'm serious, we go in a random order. So check out Random Horror 9 wherever you get podcasts.